Hey everybody, Pop Art Painter Jamie Rocks here. This is the Patreon VIP ad-free version of this podcast. And you know what? It's a short podcast today. So what we're going to do is give you guys a taste of what the VIPs um, get. So there is no ads in this podcast. Um, Enjoy. It's one of the perks of being a VIP. You don't have to listen to the uh, commercials on any of our podcasts. If you're interested in becoming a VIP on my uh, Patreon, you can find out all the information about it on my website, um, www.jamierocks.us. Uh, again, that's www.jamierocks.us. And it's right there on the homepage, uh, the link to the Patreon and all that. There's all kinds of benefits and tiers and all that kind of uh, cool stuff that you can do. So without further ado, here's today's episode. Enjoy! Commercial free. Blog Talk Radio. Radio Talk Show. I'm your host, pop art painter Jamie Rocks, and this is the big show. You found it. I sure am glad you did. I am very, very excited to be starting off this week. We've got a, uh, uh, even though it's a Tuesday, uh, for some reason I keep thinking today is Monday, and I, I don't know, I'm a day behind. Um, it's just going to be one of those weeks, I guess, but that's okay. We've got a lot of cool shows lined up this week, and starting off uh, right out of the gate is uh, a director, filmmaker um, of a movie that just dropped to the public um, a couple days ago, and um, it's, it's all over the place. You can watch it on Amazon Prime. You can buy it. You can download it. It's really, really cool. I liked this film a lot. Now, for those who uh, know me personally, you know, from the show and, and my, my painting work and whatnot, you know that I love thrillers. It's one of my favorite genres, and I like a, a mental warp movie that just, you know, leaves you thinking about it for, you know, hours and days afterwards. And this film we're talking about called Apartment 13 certainly delivered that. Uh, we have today on, as our featured guest, the director, Matt Patterson. Matt, my friend, how are you? I'm good, Jamie. Thanks for having me on. Yeah, anytime. Thanks for taking the time to be on. I know you're doing a whirlwind of press right now. Um, fantastic film. Fantastic film. Well, thanks. I, yeah, I, I really enjoyed this one. Um, and uh, it, it's just fantastic. The acting, the directing, the pacing. And I got to tell you, and I don't want to give anything away because I want people to watch it. Um, but it is, uh, you know, because it's in the trailer and, and the write-up and whatnot. Uh, it, it, it takes place in an apartment. There's a fellow. He's got a pregnant girlfriend. He's out of work. Pressure is on. Things start to happen. <laughs> Um, Matt, yeah. you captured the tension in this so amazingly well, you know? Oh, thank you. I, I mean, it started with a great script, script from Ron Mead, and I just want to clarify real quick. I think you said Apartment 13. It's Apartment 413. Don't knock on the wrong door. I'm so door. sorry. Uh, yeah, no, don't people knock, in Apartment don't. 13 are really mean, so we don't <laughs> want to bother them. Uh, but no, I, you know, it started with a great script that Ron had written, and, and we worked on it for a little bit, but 
man, I mean, you've seen it. So Nick, Nicholas Sines, who, who plays Marco, he's in literally every single scene. And uh, there's no way we could have done this without him as the actor. No, he's fantastic. Everybody was. Everybody was. Um, the apartment, yeah. The Apartment 413 was a great character in this movie. I, um, I, it was just You should fantastic. have smelled it. <laughs> you know, it's funny because I, the majority of my life I've lived in apartments, you know. Um, I don't now, um, thank God. But, uh, no, there's nothing wrong with apartments. But I've just, I've been in there, and I, you know, that that was shot in an actual apartment, I, I feel, because the, the paint oh, yeah. was Absolutely. that generic apartment paint, um, the lighting, everything, uh, the countertops, you know. Um, that was an apartment. Yeah, we had a, we had a, we lucked out with an apartment complex that let us shoot in there. They're in the middle of redoing a bunch of their apartments. Now, when I say redoing, I mean just slapping a new coat of paint on and stuff, but Mm. Uh, they had a couple open apartments that were not scheduled to be renovated yet, and so they were just sitting there empty. And so they let us take over them both for a month. So we were able to shoot in one and have the crew be able to stage and uh, just keep our gear and everything in the other one, which were literally next door to each other. So that made it possible for us to shoot in a tiny 400-square-foot apartment with 18 people on the crew. Wow. <laughs> it's a party every day. It has yeah. to be real quiet. <laughs> Um, oh man, you know. Uh, let me ask you this, Matt, because there was such a connection with the apartment as a character in the story, um, and it's it's so cool, man. I got to tell you, you really, again, I don't want to give anything away, but that third act, ooh, baby, I, I was not. That's a steamroller. It, it, it's it's a slow burn up to that third act, and then it just doesn't stop. Oh, I'm telling you, it, it is. It's it's like that drop. You have the clicking on a roller coaster, click, click, and then it goes over the the thing there. It, yeah, it's amazing. It's amazing. Now, yeah. have you lived in a – have you had – what's the worst apartment you've ever had? Oh, man. There's been so many. Hopefully nothing like that. Uh, no, no. Uh, although I, I will say that the worst one I lived in was when I first got married. It was in Rotor Park, California, and it was uh, one of those that was made for – uh, Sonoma State University, just off campus, mm. that's where my wife went. And uh, so it was very university overflow housing type apartment complex, those types that you live in in college or right when you're first starting out. And uh, right. regularly, I, I, there were just so many parties, and we were not in college at the time. We were definitely <laughs> out of college. And so I, I might have used my slingshot to – uh, get some party goers to shut up across the courtyard, or and mm-hmm. I might have w- woken up a couple times with guns pointed at me by the police because they would regularly mm. pull over people into the apartment complex parking lot, and my bedroom window was on the other side of the guys that they were trying to arrest. So oh, that was probably the worst one that I lived in. That's terrible. That is terrible. You know, it's interesting yeah. because that you you hit that point in your life where you kind of shed off the, the old party ways, you know, you usually you lose some friends in the way, <laughs> along the way, you know, <laughs> not everybody's at the same point, but it, it is. And, and you, you suddenly realize you're like, okay, it's a Wednesday. It's not a Saturday. The party, it's 1130. I got to work tomorrow. Tone it down. You know, yeah. You everything, you know, time. your priorities shift. It's like, you know, Absolutely. you can do everything you want until you have to start doing things. 
And uh, oh man, and that's one of the things, honestly, we tried to capture in this film, and why I was so attracted to it was because it, Marco has to get a job. He he might have been yeah, able to no get away with jumping from job to job for a while, but he's got a kid on the way, and that really kind of resets those tumblers um, as far as reality check. And I, I have two kids. I know what that's like. Um, and so my my goal with this movie was to say, hey, what's it like? Take the thriller out of it. Take the those elements out of it. Can this just be a good drama between two people that are trying to do life together? Because relationships are hard. Growing up is hard. And especially being a guy with this, you're, you're taught one thing from a previous generation about what it means to be a man but you mm. see how that doesn't jive with how you see yourself or understand yourself, but you don't know how to communicate that. You were never given the tools, the words to say it or to think about it. And so I, I tried to wrestle with that, with this, with this movie. And then if you can have an interesting concept there and then also add the thrill elements in, that's what I was trying to go for. Absolutely. Absolutely. And you captured that pressure. You know, the weird thing about being a guy is and this may be the same case for women. I I don't know, um, you know I don't know my own experience, but it, there there is such a you and I you're probably a little younger than I am, but but I think it's the same thought is still there. Your identity gets wrapped up in your job, your title, you know, mm-hmm. it becomes who you are. And if you don't have one, things get weird. Things get yeah shaky, you know. Um, well, and it's such an American thing too. I've I've been lucky enough to absolutely. live overseas, and in America, when you meet somebody, the first thing they say is, "Oh, what do you do?" Right. Uh, meaning your job, like that's your biggest identifying thing. And when I lived overseas, nobody ever asked that. Right. It was just a completely different mentality. It was like, "Oh, what are you interested in?" or "What are your passions?" or "Where are you from?" That seemed to define you more than what do you do. So it's it's hard to escape that, I think. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. And especially someone like yourself, myself, I, I'm a painter by trade. I'm not in the movie business. I just, uh, you know, I have my little podcast here. Um, but, um, you know, if you're in the creative arts or the creative field, it's hard in the States. It is hard. You know, when I was in um, Paris uh, a few times, you know, people, they find out I'm a painter. You know, they're like, they treat you like you're a doctor or something. Here, they hide the silverware. <laughs> yeah. You know, yeah. it's like, yeah. when are you going to quit school well, around one... and get serious? You Absolutely. Know? Well, I lived in Italy, and it was the same way. It was like the theater in film is renowned as like a high art, whereas here it's exactly the same. It's like, you're going to ask for money, aren't you? <laughs> <laughs> and usually, maybe. No, I'm, I'm teasing. Yeah, yeah, I am. No. Just don't be afraid of it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's not going to hurt too bad. <laughs> <laughs> You'll be in on film. You'll be immortal. Um, at least your name. Now, speaking of, of funds and, and money and whatnot, um, I thought this, no, I'm assuming a lot here. Um, and Similar. most independent films that I, and filmmakers that I come across uh, through the show here um, are working with, I, I think it's a nice term they use in the industry, micro budgets, meaning there's not yeah. a giant budget involved. Um, this film did not look to me like it was shot on a shoestring. It, maybe it was. I don't know. Maybe it's the equipment, the, the lighting, or I, I don't know. 
it looked really well done to me. This didn't look like it was done. Well, I will, over I the will weekend. pass it on to the crew and everybody. Thank you. That's that's a huge honor to hear that. It is. It was definitely a shoestring budget. I will say that we're somewhere between the price of a a nice used car and a cheap new truck. <laughs> oh, there you go. Wow. <laughs> that, you made a movie with this, a feature film. Yeah. 80, what, 83 minutes of film. It's on Amazon. How cool is that? <laughs> yeah, know, I've, come uh, on. my fourth feature film to produce, uh, my first to direct um, as far as a feature goes. And I've worked with much larger budgets. And they're, in fact, one of the reasons we made this film was we were – in uh, development on two films that fell apart back to back. And we spent two years trying mm. to get those off the ground with much larger budgets. And it's just, you know, when you put so much of your life and time and you sacrifice time with your kids and your wife and your friends and everything else to make something happen, and it falls apart. It really rips part of you uh, away and you have to recalibrate. And that's where this film came in. I, I had this script and I was like, you know what, let's just, this can be done for less. We don't need permission. We don't need somebody to say yes, and we don't need to raise a ton of money. We're frustrated from not having these other things go, but instead of being mad, let's use that, and let's just go make something. So everybody we were going to make this other film with, we just decided let's just go make this one instead. And uh, I'm glad we did. It, it started out as like, hey, if nothing else, it's something fun to do, and it's a good practice because everything you do is practice. Um, the worst thing you can do is Absolutely. wait for the perfect thing because then you never end up doing anything. Um, and, you know, ultimately I'm super proud of it. I think everybody did a great job. I, 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 I'm, I agree. I love Hitchcock. If, if this can be compared to anything like him, I'm also a gigantic uh, Stephen King fan. I think that his books, mm-hmm. he spends the first half developing characters and then things start to happen. And I, and I really try to take a, you know, no pun intended page from that in this film and just say, okay, we can take some time. I miss the slow burn movies and I'm not making this for anybody. I'm making it for me. Absolutely. And this, this is, you know, current, it's not dated, didn't have a dated feel to me. And I think this will work. I could see, you know, nobody knows where the world's going to be in 10 years or whatever, but I think people, this will still hold up, you know, Um, everybody's had that apartment and everybody's had that stress. Of, of growth, of, of change in relationship yeah. status. I don't think that's going anywhere. <laughs> you know? um, no, I agree. Always, uh, I will say something interesting that did have to change, and I'm glad that we did, is the original script. Uh, I don't want to give too much away, but there's a mechanic that makes a, plays uh-huh. an important part, and these red, red rags um, in the film, as, as Marco kind of starts to lose his, his uh, uh, hold on reality. In the original script, it was a clown and balloons, and uh-huh. I loved it. It was a nice little nod towards it. But then, when we were in pre-production, it uh, became a real movie, and then, it just, uh-huh. and so we were like, "Hey, maybe we should uh, steer clear of that." So the clown turned into a mechanic instead, uh, and I'm I'm glad we did because I give I think you're right. It gives it more of a shelf life. Oh, absolutely, absolutely. You know, it's interesting. When I first, you know, I hadn't seen the film yet. I got the package and everything, uh, the, the press package, with all the stills and, and all that in there. And I'm seeing all these pictures, and I'm, I'm putting together the show and whatnot. But I haven't seen the movie yet. And um, But I'm, I'm, you know, just getting something up so we can uh, have it on the website. 
and I'm looking at these pictures with the, with the red rags all over the place, and I'm going, wow. I said, you know, that must be where they're going to put the blood in this movie, um, and they'll add that <laughs> in CGI or something later. That's what my thought process, I swear to God, it just shows I know nothing about filmmaking. Um, but that was my thought That's process. actually a really good guess. I, watched the, I think that's it. Well, I watched the film, and I'm like, well, where's all the blood? I thought there was good. Not that I'm – I like it without all that. You know what I mean? Well, I don't want to give anything away, but, but mm-hmm. it wasn't – you know, I thought somebody blew up or something. No, that didn't happen at all. <laughs> no. It was and, uh, you know, speaking of, like, CGI, we tried to steer away from that in this, uh, not just from budget, but because I wanted – my goal when I made this was to never – lie to you so there's um everything you see from a from a filmmaking standpoint from from our narrative is honest now you may not know what to believe because the main character doesn't have a grasp in reality but we didn't i didn't want to trick you with like visual effects that can't happen so there there is a scene where there's red rags all over the apartment we turn the camera to face the door and then we turn it back without cutting and now all the red rags are turned into black right. rags. Right. And that was done by having like 15 people hiding in various places around the apartment and <laughs> we practiced for at like two hours on like resetting in a split second. And well, I, I love it. It's like nobody's going to notice. I don't know, you know, it's one of those vanity things like let's just try it and we, and we did it and I love it because it adds this nice little whoa moment but I don't honestly know. Did you notice that that happened? Oh, absolutely, absolutely. There was a lot of stuff like that in the film where you're, you're, and, and again, I don't want to give anything away, but but I did think I'm like, is this guy losing it, man? What? That's not. I'll tell you the weird thing. Right after I watched this film, me and the wife were going out to dinner, and um, going to nowhere fancy, the Chili's down the street. But we're in a. She's driving. We're in the car. And I'm, we're at a stoplight, and I look over, and there's a homeless guy. And um, I don't know, he's fighting invisible bees or something. He's just in his own place, you know? And uh, I, your movie was fresh in my mind. And I'm like, I bet that guy doesn't know he's crazy. He has no idea, yeah. you know? <laughs> I guess that's what makes him crazy, you know? I, he doesn't have a clue. Um yeah, well, again, I think I'm that's fair to say about all of us. <laughs> yeah, I think exactly. we all don't know how crazy we are. Um, well, in your film, it was very, and again, don't want to give anything away. I know you've mentioned slow burn a couple times, and that's, that is true, to, I agree with to an extent. But, man, that third act of the film, that's unnerving. And, and you know what? That should be on the box of this movie, unnerving. Because I think that's a good selling point in this type of film. Um, I love that. Kind oh, of thank stuff. you. Well, you know, you write it up. I think we can take it. <laughs> we'll grab it. Well, it's fantastic, folks. We've got links up. Um, Apartment Four Thirteen uh, has an Instagram page, Facebook page, even a Twitter, uh, an IMDb, of course, and um, we've got links to all those. And then when we convert the show to a podcast, those links all follow the podcast. So if you're listening to this in the future, hello from the past, um, click on the link there, man. You can get right to their Twitter page or their Instagram page. Um, you know, check it out. It's, it's very, very cool. Yeah, good. And there's a lot of cool – yeah, there's a lot of cool stuff. I was just looking at the Facebook page, and, um, you know, there's very cool stuff behind the scenes, some photos from uh, various 
And you guys got a lot of accolades for this. You guys have been in a, a bunch of festivals and stuff. And um, yeah, we had a good run. Cool, yeah, absolutely. Let me ask you this. Now that it's out, it's been dropped. Uh, thank you, Terror Films, uh, et cetera. You know, uh, they're awesome. Um, do you take a breath? Do you go, whew? You know, is it the unbuckling of the pants after the Thanksgiving dinner? Or is it, you know, that's cool that this is done, but I've got 15 other things that are in process or ready to go. Where are you at? Yeah, that's a good question. I mean, I'm sure it's the same for you with, with your art, but to have, you know, one thing go through, I have to spin five plates at a time because four are going to fall. Actually, all five will fall. And the fifth, the sixth one I didn't know about is the one that's going to work. Um, yeah, it's just my, my, my wife is always like, why do you do this? And I'm like, I've told you before, I have a sickness. Uh, I don't have any other can't do anything else. Yeah. No, I just I have an insatiable need to create, and I was never good at team sports, so this is my team sport. Film is my team sport, uh, and well, you're good uh, at go team. Oh, thanks. Yeah. Uh, again, it's like pay, pay people smarter than you, and they make you look really good. So that's that's my plan in life. Uh, I know how to stack my t-ball team. So, so yeah, I've got a couple projects that I'm trying to get off right now, and uh, hopefully one of them sticks. Well, very cool, man. Very cool. Well, whatever I can do to help, let me know and whatnot. Um, you know, I've, I've got your back, whatever you need and uh, that I can do. And it, it's just been a pleasure meeting you. And I know that you've got a million of these you're doing. So I'm, I know we got a, my little lights blinking here. Um, thank you so much, Matt, for taking time uh, out of your schedule and whatnot to be on the show. I really appreciate it. And congratulations on the film. Folks, you got to watch you so this. You can watch this today. Go watch it right now. Amazon Prime, Roku. Yeah, Go check it out. Watch a lot of stuff on Amazon Prime. No, no, Apartment 413, way, that's folks. what you're searching for. That's right, Apartment 413. And you'll come away much more pleased than you were when you watched The Tomorrow World or War. That's all I'm saying. That's all I'm saying. <laughs> Anyhow, that wasn't a bad movie. It wasn't for Apartment 413. Hey, folks. Mr. Matt Patterson, Matt, keep doing what you're doing. You're real, real good at it. Thanks, Jamie. Awesome. Well, folks, there we go. That's going to wrap it up for us today. Um, Mr. Matt Patterson, again, the movie, Apartment 413. I will be blasting a link, a direct link out on all my social media directly following the show here um, to the direct Amazon Prime link. Uh, Everybody has it. You know, that's how we – you know, live these days. Um, so you might as well, you know, like I said, watch it. It's a Tuesday night, you know. Come on, there's nothing on TV tonight. Watch part what of the Exactly. Exactly. I mean, if you're at my house, I would much rather watch this again than, man, if I let my wife get that TV, it's that Love Island. I can't handle it. We're, we're going to rewatch <laughs> part of 413 tonight. It's much more interesting. Okay, folks, that's going to wrap it up. This episode will be converted to a podcast. We're going to blast it out all over uh, the social media platforms and on all the podcasting platforms. Wherever you listen or download podcasts, I'm fairly certain we're on there. We're on like over 460 uh, podcasting uh, streaming sites. So, yeah, pretty cool. Anyway, 
We will see you tomorrow. We've got another uh, fantastic filmmaker on tomorrow. We're getting into the Western world uh, tomorrow. Brand new Western coming out. And we're going to be talking with the producer of that film. So we will see you then. Have a good one, everybody. Thank you so much, Mr. Matt Patterson. Congratulations. Thank you. Talk to everybody soon. Bye. This has been pop art painter Jamie Rocks' Pop Rocks Radio Talk Show. It has been executive produced by Jamie Rocks, recorded at his studio in Deerfield Beach in South Florida. All rights reserved by Pop Rocks Limited for broadcast on Blog Talk Radio. Tana Oli Pop Rocks Radio. Estás escuchando Jamie Rocks de Pop Rocks Radio. Manténganse al tanto. Hey, det här är Hicks från Sverige och ni lyssnar till Pop Rocks Radio med Jamie Rocks. Blog Talk Radio.